This is an AMI podcast. Hi, I'm Fern Lullum, and welcome to Into You, the podcast where we put love under the microscope, shedding light on the do's, don'ts, and nightmare scenarios we find ourselves in while flirting with romance. With cheating, there can be a couple ways that it happens, right? Like you can have suspicions or you can be blindsided. We all come at dating from a slightly different angle, but we are often faced with very similar situations to shape up to. If this is what the person who loves me most in the world would do to me, like what would anyone else do? It affected your confidence in a major way. How did you rebuild that self-worth and that sense of confidence after having such a huge knock? Dating can uncover things about ourselves we never knew before. So without further ado, let's get into you. Okay, so if you are ready to go, then we'll start. Let's do it. Hello, hello, and thanks so much for popping on the podcast where we explore why we do what we do in love and get to know ourselves a little bit better in the process. It's into you. Today, we're exploring potentially stormy waters as we take a look at the topic of cheating. How would you cope if you suddenly found out that someone you love wasn't being faithful to you? Well, someone who has had first-hand experience of this is influencer Robbie Jan, whose marriage broke down as the result of an affair. Later, Robbie opens up about how being cheated on physically impacted her. My hair, it broke my skin broke out. I lost a lot of weight. I just felt like anxious all the time. I had a medical background, like I understood what was happening, but I couldn't stop it. And give some advice to anyone who has ever doubted themselves when it comes to love. I just want you to know that you're not alone. Firstly, it does get better and there is a light at the end of the tunnel, even though you can't see it right now. But first, I was curious to hear Robbie's story and how the experience of being cheated on by somebody she had promised to spend her life with had come about. First of all, Robbie, could you tell us a little bit about your personal experience with cheating? What happened to you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, I just wanted to say thank you for having me on the podcast. Pleasure. And I'm excited because, you know, this is the only podcast I've actually done speaking about this topic. And it's not something I often speak about because I don't like to just, you know, focus necessarily on the negative experience that I had. But I think there's something really powerful about, you know, sharing this story. And I hope that other people who unfortunately may find themselves in a circumstance like this, I hope that, you know, this can be something that encourages them and then they can understand that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. My experience was pretty, pretty rough. So I was actually in a long-term relationship for seven years. I was actually married for nearly five of those years. And I think with cheating, there can be a couple of ways that it happens, right? Like you can have suspicions or you can be blindsided. Mm -hmm. Now, I think for me, I was like 100% blindsided. I had zero idea that anything was going on. So I think when that happens, I think that can almost like hit you in a different way. When I found out, I think I kind of went into fight or flight a little bit, even more than being angry. I think I was just so shaken up. You know, my body just kind of went into fight or flight. Now that you look back on that experience, or you say, you know, you were blindsided, but you didn't know what was going on. Can you see any early signs when you were dating that maybe something wasn't quite right? 
I think so. So myself and my husband, we were doing basically a long distance relationship because I was working in a town and his job was actually in another state. So he was working away for like three weeks at a time, obviously was working different hours than me. So communication was already limited. You know, that was kind of where like everything started to fall apart was that distance and needs not being met and looking elsewhere. So I think knowing what I know now, I can see a lot clearer. Hindsight is, you know, really good that way. But I think for me, the biggest things that I noticed was really like a change in communication, definitely a change in like sexual activity. And then obviously the distance that we were dealing with, you know, that's a big thing on a relationship, especially a long-term one where you've never done long distance before. Obviously, there were these changes and you can see them with hindsight, but you say at the time you had no idea really that anything was going on. No, I didn't. It was actually my little brother that told me. So my partner had been working away and my family, my dad and my brother picked him up from the airport and it was my mom's birthday dinner. So I met him there like at the dinner and my little brother came up to me and he goes, you know, Rob, like I need to talk to you. My little brother is just such a larrikin. He's just, you know, hilarious. He's not really the type of person to be like, let's have a chat. Mm -hmm. So he pulled me aside and he goes, I just want you to know when we were driving, I heard like Tinder on his phone, like the notification sound. It was just so many mixed emotions. I think at the time I was just like in disbelief. I didn't really believe it. I was just like, well, what do you mean? Like, there's no way. And yeah, then that night for the first time ever, like I looked at his phone and I saw like not only Tinder, but like multiple dating apps, multiple banking apps, a bunch of stuff like that. And I think I was just so blind that I didn't even have really the emotional capacity to understand fully what was going on, I think. So I think even more than being angry, I think I was just like more like shocked and saddened and just like, you know, unsure of what my future was going to look like and (laughs) being betrayed like that, I think is challenging for anybody. But I think like when you get down to it, you're like, you start to doubt yourself because you're like, if this is what the person who loves me most in the world would do to me, like what would anyone else do? And you kind of get into this mindset like that, which can be a really dangerous place to be. Gosh, yeah. What a shock. And like you say, there must have just been so many emotions going through your mind at the time, mm-hmm. so many thoughts. So when you you were at that point, you'd found this on his phone, you found different dating apps. What did you do next? I woke him up and I talked to him about it. And obviously you can imagine that didn't go well. You know, that's one of the biggest things I've learned coming out of this. Timing is as important as the questions you're asking, you know, and I I found what I found. I was so angry and I spoke with him about it. I'm like, what is going on? Like, what is this? And he just got so defensive and so angry and aggressive and it just was going nowhere. I think the hardest thing for me about this whole affair that was going on was that he never has actually admitted it. And that's the craziest thing. You know, after the divorce went through, this all happened at the start of 2019. And then by the end of the year, the divorce had gone through. And within two months of that divorce having gone through, he was actually remarried to the girl that he was having an affair with. So it's kind of like a hard one for my brain to grasp, like how you could deny cheating and then be remarried within two months. It's not feasible to a normal <laughs> a normal brain, right? How did you handle that situation? You know, how quickly did you start to just realize this isn't going anywhere? I need to kind of end this now. Well, I think when something like that happens, you're basically having a crisis, right? You're having a crisis because it shakes your whole world. You tend to think about it constantly. And for us, it was really challenging because like he was working away and communication was already limited anyway. So 
as soon as this all came out, like he wasn't with me anymore. We weren't there dealing with it. Like we were both working our jobs. Now in retrospect, I've really been able to look at it from both sides and understand that this was not a me problem. Like there was nothing that I could have done to prevent this from happening because as soon as someone has made up the decision to do that or they've made up a decision and say, you know what, this is appropriate or this is okay, I think, you know, there's not a lot you can do once they've made up their mind. But did you go through a period of thinking this must have been something to do with me? Because I guess particularly hearing you say that he then went on to be with this other person that he was having the affair with, I can imagine that would be very easy to make comparisons and say, well, why am I not as good as them? Yeah, you know, of course. And I think for me, the girl that he was having an affair with, like she looked very similar to me, had the same breed of dog as me, just like little similarities, you know, I think it was like very cliche. She was like a personal trainer at his gym. And of course, like, you know, here I am, I'm like, I've worked my whole life to save my money. And then I brought him to Australia and paid for his whole university education it's really easy to compare ourselves. And I think it's only as distance and time and healing has happened that I've understood genuinely, like it wasn't a me problem. But at first when it happens, of course, you're like, you doubt every aspect of your life. What could I do better? Am I not as pretty? Am I not as smart? Like, is he more sexually attracted to her? All of these things like go through your mind constantly. And I think that can impede not just that partner, but your whole life, right? Like your whole self-worth and your reality changes. When something like that happens, it's really important to understand it's not a you problem, it's a them problem. And to not put your self-worth just into that relationship because you really are so much more and you bring so much more to the table. It's easy for us, especially when we have had time and we have had healing, to look at it from the other side and say, I've come through it now and I'm stronger. But you described this in your very powerful YouTube video where you talked about it as one of the darkest times in your life. So what Mm -hmm. did that look like for you at that time? And what were some of the things that helped you get through it for people who are in the depth of it right now? Well, first off, I want to say to anyone who's dealing with this, a relationship breakdown or, you know, having come out of being cheated on or just low self-worth, I just want you to know that you're not alone. Firstly, there are so many people who can relate to you. And I just also want you to know that it does get better and there is a light at the end of the tunnel, even though you can't see it right now. And as painful as it is to say, you know, it is happening for a purpose and you are going to learn from it. And at the end of the day, you deserve better. You deserve to be loved the way that you love. And if this is falling apart now, it's horrible. It's life-changing. You know, you have those days where you don't want to get out of bed. I've had days where I like, I would sit in the shower for an hour and cry and drink a bowl of champagne, you know, and then you have a day when you're like, okay, I'm just going to keep busy. But I would say to you that healing is not linear. It happens in waves. It ebbs and flows. You have good days and you have bad days. But for me, staying busy, staying around people, around people that love me and that can sew into me and provide like good advice, you know, that's really important. So for me, like getting plugged in with my friends, even though that was the last thing in the world I wanted to do was sit there and like talk to people, spending time with my family, going to work, all of those things are really important. And sometimes you have to force yourself to, to do those things because all you want to do is like crawl up in bed. I remember when I was going through all this, my mom at the time, she said a quote to me 
And I thought it was just so insensitive. But she said to me, sometimes you have to pretend to be okay until one day you realize you aren't pretending at all. And at the time when she said that quote to me, I was like, you are so insensitive. You've never been cheated on. You have no idea like what this feels like. But now like coming out of it, it's like sometimes you do have to like show up in a social circumstance and put on a smile and be positive, even though you don't feel like that. But then one day you look back and you're like, now I'm not pretending anymore. I'm actually happy to be here and around these people and, you know, understand that there's something bigger and better out there for you when God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And I mean, I can totally relate. I think even if you're not in a particularly bad situation to the social dread of like, oh God, I really can't be bothered to do this social thing today. And then you get there and it's much better. So that makes sense. Well, I mean, it's like that quote, right? It's like you can't pour from an empty cup. So how do you, when you're feeling so drained and so low and so exhausted, like how do you show up and pretend to be okay? I think being at home by yourself when you're going through something like this alone is like one of the hardest things you can do. You know, you're focusing solely on that. Whereas like, even if you're going out for an hour, even though you don't feel like it, you're forcing yourself to get dressed and put in some effort and think about something else for a little while, even if it's, you know, even if you're dreading it, it can be really powerful. Definitely. That is good advice for me when I'm trying to stray away from my social plans. Just get out there and do it, Fern. Pull yourself together. (laughs) Robbie had got me thinking about how fragile you can feel in those first few days, weeks, and even months following a relationship breakdown. Friends and family are so desperate to see you smile again and so keen to help, but their advice is definitely not always quite what you want to hear at the time. This made me wonder what words of wisdom other people had been offered in moments like this that perhaps hadn't served them so well. So, as is the protocol of most scientific studies in 2023, I put out a post on social media and here are a selection of my favourite answers. The sentence reads... Some unhelpful advice I received following my breakup was dot 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 finish the sentence. Louis, don't listen to your feelings. Turns out my feelings were wiser than my friends, says Louis. Ooh, big lesson there in self-trust, I think, Louis. Becky, get back in the dating game. Oh, classic advice. Trying to come across as attractive when you're a teary mess of smudged mascara didn't work out quite so well for me. No, it's not the best look, is it, Becky? Rob, come for a night out and take your mind off it all. Sounds good on the surface, but Rob says I had too much to drink and ended up leaving my ex the most embarrassing voicemail in the history of mankind. Is it just me who really wants to hear that voicemail? Rob, please send it in. And Ali, some unhelpful advice I received following my breakup was get all dressed up and look drop-dead gorgeous so he realises what he's lost. The only trouble with that was that he did realise and I really wish he hadn't after another miserable six months back together. You see, Ali, this is why I've adopted the strategy of making as little effort as possible just on a daily basis because I'm sure everyone would be fighting over me otherwise, right? While, 
Of course, it's important to acknowledge and validate our emotions. I could certainly see the benefit in breaking a self-destructive cycle by stepping outside of your comfort zone. Following a breakup of any kind, it can be tempting to hide away from everyone and bury ourselves in our own helpless self-sabotage and despair. However, I know as well as anyone that this can spiral into a snowball effect and keep you stuck feeling like you'll never find happiness again. Sometimes just being around others, forcing ourselves to stop ruminating for a while by putting our focus into an activity which requires our attention, and experiencing those beautiful moments when we discover that even when we're feeling so much pain, we can also laugh and see even fleeting glimpses of hope can be a game-changer and allow us the gift of perspective. As Robbie was battling through this emotional turmoil, I was curious to know what other impacts it had had on her and life as she had known it. You've talked a little bit about the emotional side. Did this also have an impact on your physical health and how you felt in your body? You know, it did because at the time I was very established in my career. I had graduated university. I was like practicing full-time doing dentistry. My dad is a cosmetic dentist and he was my mentor. We ran the dental practice together. It was like my dream career. I like lived and breathed this. And then I think when this all happens, like not only did it have an effect on my mental health, my physical health, but also my work life as well. Like I actually just lost interest in that career, which is crazy because that's all I lived and breathed and thought about. But I think when something happens that shakes up your reality like that, to that degree, when you're betrayed by someone that you love like that, everything else ceases to matter as much. So it took an effect on that, a huge effect on my physical status as well. You know, my skin started breaking out, right? Like your body is the system. So when something is off, when you are so stressed, when you're releasing that much cortisol and your nervous system is in distress, right? So it does take a toll on you. So for me, I had like my hair, it broke. It was beautiful and long and it kind of broke into like a little mullet. My skin broke out. You know, I lost a lot of weight. I just felt like anxious all the time. You know, for me, I really had to get a handle on that because like I had a medical background, like I understood what was happening, but I couldn't stop it. And was that something that was kind of a wake up call to you a little bit of, oh God, I I really got to, like you say, get a handle on this now? Yeah, because, you know, like something that we do have control over and it's one of the only things we do have control over is having peace, right? So when you let someone take everything from you, when you feel betrayed like this, it affects your outlook on life and it steals your peace. So at some point, you know, I had to let myself feel it. I had to let myself grieve. And then I had to take back control and take back that peace because he couldn't take that from me. Like that was the last thing I had and I had to fight for it. And it didn't come for a really long time. And, you know, some days I had it, some days I didn't. But that was my goal was like, I need to feel peaceful again. I need to feel okay. I mean, you spoke absolutely beautifully about when you got out of that situation, how you looked in the mirror and you said you'd never felt so powerful in yourself. You never felt that much power. It affected your confidence in a major way. How did you rebuild that self-worth and that sense of confidence after having such a huge knock? I mean, you get that incrementally, right? Like you don't just like wake up one day and you're like, 
you know what? No, I deserve better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just shut all those feelings off because I don't think that's what happens, right? Like as humans, all of us tend to have some form of baggage, whether we've been cheated on or not. We all are shaped by the world and people and relationships, and we all carry those on to future relationships, right? So for me, I think the way that I got my confidence back was genuinely time. It took time and it took intentionality. Like I genuinely wrote affirmations, you know, on my mirrors. I made sure that I was like feeding my soul in the right way. You know, I was going to church and I still go to church and spend time around people who sow into my life. And I had to understand that at the end of the day, you know, exactly what I said earlier, it was not a me problem. There was nothing that really I could have done, you know, and also like understanding that to some degree, it was a blessing that it happened because now it's opened the door for a relationship that's so much healthier and so much happier. And, you know, I never would have experienced this if I hadn't gone through that. So I think just being patient with yourself and really just investing into yourself and spending that time being intentional and definitely agree about the baggage thing. We've certainly all got some uh, suitcases <laughs> worth of issues. <laughs> so you talk about finding a better relationship after such a, a rocky ride. How did you feel about dating again after this had first happened when you were first starting to think, hmm, maybe I could look for somebody different? I mean, it's scary because, you know, I hadn't dated a lot of people. I thought this was my soulmate, my childhood sweetheart. I married him young. I was engaged at 19, married at 20 you know, married for nearly five years. So I think like doing something different, it's scary, right? Like once you've experienced trauma, you're always going to be a little apprehensive. The same way if you've been in a car crash, once you get in a car, you may still be a little apprehensive and anxious. It's your body's response, right? Your nervous system is going, hold on. So I think like whenever you're trying something new and you're going on a date, you're putting yourself out there and it can be scary. I was really blessed in the way that you know, one of the first people that I even spoke to ended up being now my longtime partner of three years. And, you know, he's a really great guy, but it's not easy. You know, you really have to take a step out on that water and hope that you're not going to fall. Listening to Robbie talk about how confidence and self-esteem building isn't something we can just expect to magically happen to us, but rather is something we have to keep working on all the time, was a powerful reminder of the part we can play in our own healing. We need to be proactive in treating ourselves kindly instead of relying on some external force to fix or cure our pain. I always find this thought incredibly liberating, as it's something we can have some control over and get started on whenever we choose. Next time, Robbie talks about what it's like to get into a new relationship and be vulnerable about your past. I had to explain to him that, you know, like, this is really what I've gone through. And it's not easy to talk about because you're talking about, like, your biggest trauma, right? Like, you're opening up to somebody new. And highlights how it can feel like your brain is working against you when you try to trust someone again after being hurt. That goes against all your instincts. Your instincts are fighting for survival. Your instincts are trying to not let history repeat itself. As always, I want to hear from you. How do you feel about cheating in a relationship? And what do you think might help in rebuilding confidence after being cheated on? Leave me a comment and let me know. For now, though, you've been listening to Into You with me, Fern Lullum. Special thanks to my wonderful guest, Robbie Jan, whose links will, of course, be in the show notes. Also to Josh Holland for technical support and to the manager of AMI, Andy Frank. 
Leave me your feedback at feedback at ami.ca. And if you liked what you heard, please do make sure to search for Into You on your favourite or indeed any podcast distributing platform and subscribe for more episodes coming your way on the first Thursday of every month. Yep, dependable, reliable. Why would you look anywhere else?